Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. I looked over at Erica during worship and I said, I think they're ready for this message this morning. So, wow, listening to you uh, engage in worship today is just confirmation. So for some of you, this message that I'm about to preach is going to be uh, uh, just a, a reminder and a reflection of what you're already doing. And then for others in the room, it might serve as a challenge today. But I'm telling you, at the end of this service, if we will take to heart what God is going to speak to us through his word, it's going to change us and change our hearts. I want to celebrate one more thing. Uh, PG did a parenting seminar on Wednesday night in this room, and it was phenomenal. If you missed it, uh, you can go online and watch it on the CP Kids Facebook page, and it was just a great, great start for that. And, uh, and it, again, it was a start, so there will be multiple more of those coming in the future. Last week was incredible. Pastor Darren Poley preached. If you missed that message, again, we'd encourage you to listen online, crosspointwaverly.com, Facebook, YouTube, find that message. He, can, he continued our series on worship. And here's what I want to do. At the start of this message, I just want to take an opportunity and pray for someone very special to me. Uh, my mom on Thursday is having a pacemaker put in. She watches our services regularly from Memphis, Tennessee, and every Sunday morning she texts me and she says, I love you more praying for you. And so uh, I know that we don't get to always publicly pray for all of your needs, but it's my mama, and she's special. And so I'm just going to ask that, uh, that we could just take a moment in our service right now, and we could just pray for her uh, today. God, thank you so much for this time together for the opportunity that we have to worship you and to hear from your word. God, we pray for the remainder of this service that you would have your way, that you would open up our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to understand what you would have for us. Lord, I pray that at the conclusion of this service that our hearts would be challenged to be greater worshipers of you. Lord, I pray for my mom right now that you would touch her body, that you would bring healing to her heart as she goes into the surgery on Thursday, that everything would go smoothly. I pray for peace for my dad and for my mom over the next few days, that their nights would be restful and peaceful. And Lord, we just trust you and know that you have it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you'll just join me in one more thing and repeat after me, say, I love you, mom. And so one, two, three. I love you, Mom. Thank you. Oh, that's, y'all, I just got points. And speaking of points, next Sunday is Mother's Day. So I just saved some of y'all's bacon. So uh, next, next Sunday is Mother's Day. Somebody's like, oh, crud, already? Yes, already. So you've got a week to figure out something for for your wives or for your moms for Mother's Day. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how David had sinned against God and how he needed to offer up a burnt sacrifice in order for the plague to stop. David knew the weight of his sin. He knew the cost of his sin. And there was a man who offered him everything that he needed to be able to offer that sacrifice. He offered him the property. He offered him a sled. He offered him the wood and the oxen for that burnt sacrifice. And David said... I will not offer anything that costs me nothing. I believe we need to have this attitude as we approach our worship to God. In view of all that he's done for us, how could we offer anything less? 
Two weeks ago, I defined worship as the inward and outward expression of our love and gratitude for him. Our inward and outward expression of our love and gratitude for him. Last week, Pastor Darren Poley said, worship is recognition of who God is. Worship is recognition of who God is. In regards to the outward expression of worship, Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 12, verse number one. It's going to appear on the screen. We're also going to look at a number of different passages this morning. So as you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write these down, and, uh, and that way you can reflect and read on them even more in this week to come. So he says in Romans chapter 12, verse number one, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Everything about us should be used for worship. Everything about us should be used for worship. Amen. Good, thank you. We're gonna get to that part later. That's another way we can worship. In Matthew chapter 15, verse number eight, it says, this people, honor, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. How many know that God is not fooled? God's not fooled. And so he is more concerned with the heart than the outward appearance. And we can see that principle throughout the Bible. In fact, his, his word says that if our heart isn't right, it doesn't really matter what we do as an outward expression of worship. It says it's all in vain. I believe appropriate worship or the worship that God desires is not an either or, but a both and. It's an inward and an outward expression of our love and gratitude for him. From the beginning of time, we were created to worship God. It's what we were created to do on this earth, and it's what we'll do in heaven. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse number 21, it says, The people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. When I think about the creation around us, it declares that there's a God. When I consider the beauty and the complexity, it screams to me that there is a grand creator that is worthy of all of our praise and all of our worship. Romans chapter 1, verse number 20 says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. Psalm 19, verse number 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. If we just open up our eyes to see the creativity and the variety of the wonders of the world, it's all inspiring. Think about the most majestic place that you've ever been on the earth. Think about that for just a moment. Envision it. For me, it's green Iowa on the Shell Rock River. It is majestic. It's so peaceful. It's amazing. It's my happy place. And to think that wherever that is, for you, that heaven is gonna be so much better. Heaven's gonna be so much better. It's gonna be grander than anything we could experience here on this earth. We should be in, in, in heaven, we will worship God for eternity. In heaven, we'll worship God for eternity. And so here's what I wanna say to us it will not be optional. It won't be extra credit, it's what we will do. And if it's what we're gonna do for eternity, then let's build our competencies for that now. 
Let's build our competencies for that. Now, I, the competitive side of me doesn't want to make it to heaven and look like a weakling beside everyone else that's worshiping God, right? I want to build that competency here on this earth. Now, I realize that God has wired all of us differently. Somebody say amen. A few weeks ago, I was at a rugby match in Cedar Falls, and uh, directly behind me was the student section, and boy, were they rowdy. But for the 9 p.m. game, the student section didn't realize that, that Cedar Falls was going to play again, and so they cleared out. And so I'm sitting there with Erica and my parents, and I'm loudly and appropriately cheering on Waverly Shellrock and my son in this rugby match, when all of a sudden from behind me, this voice says, are you Pastor Jonathan? I turn around and see that she and the three other people with her have Cedar Falls gear on, and I said, I don't know the man. I've never met him. Just kidding. Just kidding. I didn't do that. I said, I am. And uh, she introduced herself to me, and for all of the light fixtures that we've purchased in our building remodels, we've ordered those through Van Meter, and there's this lady named Luann. And I promise you, all I have ever done is spoken with her on the phone. And so this is what she said. I recognized your voice. <laughs> Y'all, I'm just telling you, you never know. You never know. Y'all better be on your best behavior. Your sins will find you out. So we continue to cheer for Waverly Shellrock, and all of a sudden, Cedar Falls pulled off a miracle, and they finally scored a try. And so the people, we were killing them. So for those of you who are like, well, why was it a miracle? It was because our team's good, real good. So, so she says, y'all got to bear with me. I'm scared to even say this next part. So they're cheering loudly that Cedar Falls scored a touchdown. So what did I do? I turned back and I looked at them and I said, scoreboard! <laughs> are you Pastor Jonathan? No, I'm Jacob's dad. I really did say that, but it was all in fun and we all left. So here's what I realized is that some of us are more expressive than others. But I also know that, uh, that there are some of you who pretend to be all subdued at church, but when you're at sporting events, you lose your mind. And so here's the thought for you. If you give more praise and more expression to a sports team at a sporting event than what you do to God in a church service, you should probably check your heart. Amen. Some of you are like, oh, <laughs> that hurt. Maybe some of you grew up in a church where things were more subdued, and I'll just tell you, uh, that's not us, uh, but jump in, the water's fine. Like, it's, it's great. Worship is better together. When all of us are joined in heart and action, it's powerful. When all of us realize that what happens on a Sunday morning is not a concert, the audience is not meant to be spectators, but we're all meant to be participants. As we think back to that sporting event analogy, there's something about being surrounded by a group of people who are all cheering on the same team. And in sports, the athletes are the players, and those in, who are in the stands are fans. But in a worship service, God is the audience. And so some of you might think that the team is what's happening on the stage and that they're the players and that those in the audience are the fans. But when we come into a church service, there's only one person who's in the audience and it's God. And none of us are, uh, all of us are participants in worship to him. 
And so if we view what happens on the stage as they're the players and we're the fans, then it's an inaccurate view of worship. We are all meant to be worshipers of God. And I wonder what would happen in your life if your kids caught you worshiping. They've caught you doing everything else. What would it look like if they caught you worshiping? Psalm chapter 150, verse number one says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let's go, Dom. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Worship is a powerful spiritual discipline. And worship is designed by God to help us respond to all of life's circumstances and to give us a method to connect with God through all of the various life events. So sometimes we kneel in worship to God because we need to humble ourselves before him. Sometimes we lift up our hands to surrender to him. Sometimes we cry out to God and we weep. Other times we clap because we celebrate. Every human emotion can be expressed appropriately through worship. Worship creates these moments for connection with God that's so good for our soul if we'll fully engage our heart. And I'll tell you this, that you will get out of worship what you put into it. And so if you come on a Sunday morning expecting the Holy Spirit to do something in your life and you come prepared spiritually, you're going to get something out of it. But if you come with a sour attitude... If you come with a sour attitude towards the church or with a negative attitude, you're going to find something wrong today and every Sunday to become even more negative about. Francis Chan, in his book entitled Until Unity, said this, We can't start our days without praise. We are commanded to rejoice in him always. There is nothing you have to do today that is more important than worshiping him. He says, if I'm not wise enough to start my day with praise, why should anyone listen to what I have to say? If I am foolish enough to forego praise because my mind is needed to fix problems in the church, then I'm more of the problem than I realize. Our lack of praise may actually be the biggest cause of our divisions. He continues, once we stop worshiping, all hope for unity is lost. This is what unites us. We can't stop talking about the treasure that we have in Jesus. It's hard to start an argument with someone who is on her knees shouting praises to Jesus, especially when you're busy blessing the Lord as well. Wow. He says, many of our problems could be reconciled if we discussed our concerns on our knees before a holy God. We can't allow the enemy of our enemies to interrupt our praise. Worship is the path to unity. So again, if that quote like struck a nerve for you, it's called uh, Until Unity by Francis Chan. But if we'll all participate and all are engaging in worship, who knows what personal and relational healing that can take place. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. Pastor Madison shared that last Sunday night at the Point College Ministry that the Holy Spirit just moved in a powerful way during the worship service and that people were just weeping and crying. The students came expecting God to meet them, and he did. We all have our part in worship. Now, some of you sing better than others, and that's why some are on the stage and some are not. But you can make a joyful noise from the floor. 
Others are really good at musical instruments, and they practice, and that's why they're on the stage. But we are all created to worship God in some form or another. And so what are some practical ways that we can be involved in a worship service on a Sunday morning? Well, I'm glad you asked. One way is we can all clap our hands. We can clap our hands during a song. In fact, so here's the risk of a message like this is I've just come prepared today believing the best. The optimistic side of me says, you know what, people aren't going to leave me hanging. Right, there's nothing worse than, well, anyway, I just find this crazy when after a sporting event and players are walking around high-fiving and so somebody has their, their hand up to do a high-five and they just leave them hanging. I'm confident that in our church service this morning, none of you are going to leave me hanging. And I promise I'm not going to embarrass you. So please, will you take your hands and just put them together? Oh, that was beautiful. Now watch this. Oh, we really need a drummer up here. All right, so let's, let's clap with me this morning. Y'all, do you see how powerful that is? Now let's do this again. Now, as we're clapping, look around. What's happening? Everybody's clapping. If they're not clapping, they're so shamed right now, they're like, I don't even know why I came to church this morning. Right? But, all right, you can stop there. Thank you. So, that was amazing. Now, now, that's, we can do that during a song. And some of you are like, well, I don't have any rhythm. Neither do I. That's why the worship team is going to lead us. Like, they clap their hands. And so if we'll just follow them, all of you did perfectly. Like, as I just said, hey, follow this. And what did you do? You did it. And so as the worship team is up here leading us in song on Sunday morning and they're clapping, imagine what would happen if all of us did that with them. And some of you are like, well, is it even biblical to clap? It is. Uh, in Psalm chapter 47, verse number one, for those of you who are taking notes, clap your hands, all peoples, shout to God with loud songs of joy. Some of you are like, why is the music so loud? Because the Bible instructs us to. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> for those of you who might think that the balcony, underneath the balcony is much quieter, I'm just going to keep looking here. Ooh. Clap your hands, all people. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord the Most High is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Clap your hands, all people. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. There's an exclamation mark after that. It is emphatic. This is what God is commanding us to do. And when we think about the idea that worship is better together, the worship experiences of months of being in my living room staring at a computer screen while we worship is not far from my mind. And I'll just tell you that as much as I tried to engage in that, it just wasn't the same. And so I say to those of you who are trapped at home right now, I'm sorry, and I pray for an extra grace of the Holy Spirit's power in your house that while you can't experience what we're experiencing here, that you would experience something special at home as well. But there's nothing like when we all come together for one purpose, to worship God. And I just wonder, what would it look like during a fast song if we all clap together, when collectively we're engaged, it makes a more powerful experience. Now, for those of you who sit in the stands with the opposing team and they're cheering loudly like we did, 
In Ankeny this last week, oh, it was a tough night for Ankeny. They're yelling very loudly for their team. And there are some of you who are wired in that moment to be like, let's go, WSR. Woo-hoo! And there are others of you who are like, I'm not saying a word. I know that the color of my jersey is different from the color of your jersey, but I hope it's camouflaged tonight and that you don't see me in here. But when you are surrounded with people who are all cheering for the same team, there is a power in that moment. We talked with some of the parents after the game because we were spread out, and they were like, we need to sit together moving forward so that it's one voice that's collectively cheering on the team in unity. And think about what happens on a Sunday morning. When it's not just a scatter of a clap here or a scatter of a clap here, but all of us come in here on a Sunday morning and we make a conscious decision. We are not going to put our hands in our pockets, but we are going to participate and clap. Imagine what it will do for others. It's not even just what it does for you, but how it can inspire others to also do that. The other thing is at the end of a song, while we clap sometimes for appreciation or because something's great, again, the reality is is these aren't the players and we're the fans cheering them on. Instead, we're all the players. We're all worshiping God and he's our audience. And so when we get to the end of a song and there's a celebratory moment where someone says, let's all clap our hands and let's give God a shout of praise this morning. It's not for the worship team. Who's it for? That's right. And so again, With all nerves and anxiety, you proved to be so faithful a moment ago. We're going to do a five-second praise break where y'all are going to stand to your feet. And all of us are going to clap and we're going to let a shout of praise unto God. And I just know y'all aren't going to leave me hanging. Oh, this side's not for sure. (laughs) All right. So when I count to three, put your coffee down, your Bibles down, your phones down, I don't want any excuses. So when I count to three, let's stand to our feet all across this room and let's clap and let's give God a shout of praise this morning. One, two, three. Come on, let's give God praise. Wow. Wow, come on. All right, you may be seated. What did you think about that? I mean, seriously, like I got goosebumps right now. And that's what can happen in a Sunday morning worship service. It's what can happen in your car when you're driving down the street and a song speaks to your heart. You can carefully clap the steering wheel or something, but you can give God praise. Another way that we can practically worship God on a Sunday morning is by singing. Psalm 47.1, shout to God with loud songs of joy. And again, some of you might be like, I can't sing. Well, the only time that it matters that you can't sing is if you're on the stage. We have a great vetting process. Like, there are worship tryouts, so we try to make sure that no one finds yourself in that predicament. If you're on the stage, you should have a pleasant voice. If you're not singing into the microphone, who cares? And here's the deal. Some of you are missing out on, what, on all of what God has for you because you're worried about what the person 
beside you is going to think about you or think about your voice. And I just want to say to you, they're not the ones who laid down their lives for you. God is worthy of us singing with our voices and and letting him hear that. Psalm 100 verse 1 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. If you can't sing, it's all right. Make a joyful noise. Come into his presence with singing. Now, it doesn't say come into his presence with a scowl on your face and judgmental spirit towards those who are worshiping. He says, serve the Lord with gladness and come into his presence with singing. Now, I graduated from Central Bible College a long, long time ago, and the president of the college used to say, you will either worship God or you will become critical of those who do. You will worship God or you'll become critical of those who do. Worship is better together. I've been sitting on the front row for the last number of months, and I'm telling you, there is nothing more powerful than hearing your voices louder than the stage voices. In those moments where you're singing out, it fills my heart with joy. I can't see you, but I can hear you, and it's powerful. And I'll just tell you, the Lord loves to hear all of us sing more than I do. And so Psalm 147, verse number one, praise the Lord, for it's good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. And so I tried this morning, I'm gonna invite the vocalist to come up to the stage. I tried to find a song this morning that would be familiar with all of us that we could sing out loud. And so the band's not coming. Instead, I've just asked some vocalists to come. Juliana's gonna play a note. And I'm just gonna ask you to stand one more time. And again, I want to remind all of us that this is not a performance up here. While as beautiful as this song will sound coming from the stage, this isn't what this moment is about. And it's not what the Sunday morning worship experience is about anyway. It's about them leading all of us in worship to God. And so I'm just going to ask again that as we sing the doxology, the words are going to be on the screen. They're going to lead us that all of us would lift up our voices to God and just listen to the choir of heaven this morning as all of us join.
Cool. Thank you. You may be seated. Wasn't that beautiful? I mean, honestly, to hear the voices. I know God has to be happy with that. Right, that even for 30 seconds in a service that somebody who maybe came in and said, I'm not going to do anything this morning, but yet you just joined in and worship to God. I hope that it'll be the start of something beautiful in your life. Here's a question for you. In school, if you have a question, what do you do? Would you just demonstrate to me what you do if you have a question? Would all of you demonstrate that to me? I'm just curious. I just want to see if it's universal, like in all of your schools, or uh, what if you can't, if the teacher can't see you, what do you do? Yeah, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, so it's universal. And what's funny is I just got all of you to lift your hands in church. Some of you are like, I'm never doing that. You just did. You just did. Another way that we can practically participate in worship is by the lifting of our hands. And some of you are like, I'm not doing that. That's for crazy people. Is it even biblical? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Psalm chapter 134, verse number two, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Now, how many believe that church should be fun? Okay, so there's this comedian named Tim Hawkins who did a segment on lifting hands in church, and I just think it, it'll be appropriate uh, for us this morning. And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's... Um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know. Anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Anybody here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? <laughs> Some of you are trying. You're like, I can't. I want to. I need to get some momentum. Totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us. Feel free to join us, but don't feel like you gotta join right in, okay? Start slow. We got a lot of different hand raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand raises. So I'm gonna walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking. Start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle, get warmed up, get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready, carry the TV. Carry the TV, that's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen, big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big, my fish was this big. If you're a liar, you can go out there, that's fine, don't worry about it. Jesus loves you, Grace. Next one's hold my baby, hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs, that's our next one, dueling light bulbs. We got goalpost, everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn, a lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to go post. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. 
A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go, there's your big three. You're set. You're a pro. <laughs> oh, it's good to laugh. It's so good. Again, we'll either worship God or become critical of those who do. So, like, I don't, you know, clearly in those moments, wherever you start, holding the TV, you know, widescreen, you know, Mufasa, whatever it is, like, know that nobody's going to make fun of you publicly, uh, just <laughs> unless they're a comedian. Another way that we can practically participate in worship is with our words. I love uh, when a parent is frustrated with their little toddler, and what do they say to them? Honey, use your words. <laughs> You know, like, God gives us an invitation to use our words in worship. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 15, through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice, sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. So even when the worship team is leading us in a song, we can worship God with our words as we sing along, or maybe God's putting something in our heart, and so we pray or we praise, even in that moment, or at the end of a song when we're clapping and cheering, we can use our words to express our gratitude to God. Another way that we can get, uh, get to practically worship the Lord on a Sunday morning is by bringing our tithes and our Kingdom Builders offering. Each week when I get to this segment of our service where we take up the tithes and, and Kingdom Builders, I say we get to continue to worship the Lord through our regular Sunday morning tithes and Kingdom Builders offering. It's an act of worship. And so it's not just words that I say, but I truly believe it, that that's another part of worship in our service. From the beginning of the service to the benediction is worship. And there are some churches that when the pastor comes up to collect the offering, people will clap and cheer. So when I'm like, hey, it's that time in our service where we get to continue to worship the Lord with our regular Sunday morning tithes and Kingdom Builders offerings, there are some churches that go ballistic in that moment. Can you imagine? <laughs> like they start clapping and cheering. I wouldn't turn that down. Uh, but we worship by giving with joyful hearts. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 7, Each one of us must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We worship God by giving with joyful hearts. We worship God with our participation in the message. We engage our minds to concentrate on what we're hearing. We take notes and meditate on the message throughout the week. We laugh at appropriate times. Ha ha. See, it's an act of worship. The worship team's going to come on up here. They've got to. They've got to bail me out of this. We clap at clapping moments. When something's good, we say amen. By the time we come to an end of the service, we should feel like we've not only come to receive, but to give praise to God. You should feel like you've been a participator and not a spectator. And I believe that if we'll take this message to heart, that it'll change our lives. It'll change us individually, and it'll change our hearts collectively. When we offer a sacrifice of praise that costs us something, it's going to impact us. And as we participate in worship, number one, it's going to please God. And secondly, it will inspire others to engage. Think about a service where everyone is inwardly and outwardly expressing praise to God. And I promise you, that once you experience it and you've tasted it, you won't want to go back. Now, when Erica and I were youth and worship pastors in Des Moines a long, long time ago, 
I was asked to come and lead worship for uh, a spiritual emphasis for one of the private schools in Des Moines. And there was a young lady in our youth group that was part of the team that was helping me. And so, you know, I wanted to blend into the environment and do what was appropriate and right. And so I asked the girl, what are they going to do? And she said, they're going to stand there. So the very first day of the spiritual emphasis, what did I do? I walked onto the stage and I stood there and I sang songs. And I looked at her at the end of the set and I said, I don't care if I ever get invited back into this place. This is not how God has wired me to worship. And so I'm not just going to stand there and do that. And I said, are you in? And she said, yeah. And I said, even if nobody else does, are you in? And she said, yes. And I'm telling you, not bragging, I'm just telling you what God did in that moment. The two of us did what we always did. We worshiped expressively unto God. We jumped at moments where we wanted to jump. We lifted up our hands in moments where we wanted to lift up our hands. And there were kids in the room who had never experienced worship like that. But because someone was willing to introduce them to it and someone was willing to model it, they tasted something they had never seen. And I promise you, they never wanted to go back to what they had before. And for us, worship is all about what we do for God. But I just want to tell you that what you do on a Sunday morning can inspire somebody else. For some of you who are like, I don't even know uh, if I should come to church on every Sunday or if I shouldn't come to church on Sunday. Does it even make a difference? I'm telling you, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in what God is doing in your heart, the things that he's sowing into you, and also others are seeing it in its inspiration to them. And so we've been in this series on worship. We're not done with it yet. We're going to continue. But this was a very practical message to say for those of you who are all in with worship on a Sunday morning, keep it up. For those of you who haven't jumped in, let's jump in and let's give God our best. Let's give him something that cost us something. And I'm just telling you that as this song is sung and in the weeks to come, God's going to do something special. He's not going to ignore the praises of his people. And so as we come expecting, as we give it all, he's going to give us what he's got. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Well, hey, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I don't ever want to pass up an opportunity for people to respond to the gospel, to cast out the net, and for people to become followers of Jesus. Maybe today you've come into this service and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And you say, today... I want to enter into a relationship with him. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. Maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with him, but you've turned your back on him and you say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. Just a moment with every head bowed, if that's you, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray this morning. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. 
For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.